Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Vancouver Canucks super rookie Elias Pettersson has left the game in Montreal with a lower body injury. He will not return. The Canadians lead the Canucks 2-0 late second period. Also in the second, Capitals and Blues tied 1-1. Alexander Ovechkin, his 30th of the season. He joins Mike Gartner as the only players in NHL history to start their careers with 14 straight 30-goal seasons. Sounds insane when you say it out loud. Gartner, an incredible player, and Ovechkin doing it in a lower-scoring era. Blackhawks and Islanders 1-1 in the second period. In the third, Bruins up 4-2 on the Flames. Buffalo leading Florida 3-1. Hurricanes up 3-zip on the Flyers. Lightning and Kings will start in an hour and a half. The Wild beat the Maple Leafs 4-3 this afternoon. The San Antonio Spurs taking it to the Toronto Raptors tonight. By the way, no Kyle Lowry for the Raptors. It is 56-36 for San Antonio. Four and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Kawhi Leonard has 10 for the Raps in his return to San Antonio, DeMar DeRozan with 16 points for the Spurs. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. The uh, Edmonton Oilers not playing today, practice tomorrow. They play the LA Kings Saturday night and a lot of news with the Edmonton Eskimos, the new coaching staff for 2019 being confirmed today. We had AJ Gass on the show about an hour ago and we'll have Philip Lawley, the new defensive coordinator on between 7.30 and 8.00. Eight and the U of A Golden Bears. Couple of exhibition games over Christmas. League play resumes tomorrow, and their head coach is Ian Herbers. Ian, Happy New Year! Great to have you back on the show. How's it going? Good, Reed. Thank you. Always great to talk to you. Uh, obviously, you uh, you spent the last three seasons on the Oilers coaching staff. I'm going to just throw you one here. <laughs> Because Zach Cassian got to play on the Oilers' top line last night, five shots and an assist with McDavid and Dreisaitl, and uh, you were uh, you were coaching the team as an assistant when fans at Rogers Place were were chanting his name in the playoff series against the San Jose Sharks a few years after he was a villain for injuring Sam Gagne. So a guy you've seen uh, who can have an effect on games if he puts it all together. Yeah, no, he can skate. That's his well biggest asset. Uh, he's got obviously great size. He can make some plays as a good shot. Uh, it's just putting that package together. So it was nice to see him have a good game last night and help the team win. All right. Uh, for the U of A Golden Bears, I, I know you played a couple of exhibition games here about a week ago. How did you approach the Christmas breaky? And uh, obviously, you know, league play wraps up early December. You, you got the students who got to write their exams, and, and it's a, an expectation to be a Golden Bear hockey player. The marks got to stay high. So how did you approach uh, giving them a break, practice time, all that kind of stuff leading up to Christmas? 
as you said, it gets a little bit tricky at times, but the biggest focus for us is the final exams and, and guys doing well. We want just as many academic all-Canadians as we as we do um, first stars and everything else. So it's important for them to do well. Uh, we'll still have a mandatory ice session a week. We have optional ice sessions that the guys uh, take advantage of, depending on their exam schedule. Uh, we also ramp up their off-ice conditioning. Joel Jackson does a good uh, job for us there. Uh, indiv- individualizing each guy's program, uh, making sure they're getting what they need over the Christmas break, plus working on maybe some areas that they need to work on. And then it's upon those guys to look after themselves. Uh, obviously, they finish their, their last exam and they have the freedom to go home or wherever they like to go, uh, get some time away from school, get some time away from hockey, get to, to enjoy the Christmas break with family, friends, girlfriends, uh, and, and just get that time away, which is really important mentally for the guys. Uh, but it's key for them to stay uh, physically fit and ready to go. And we're way in at the when we came back to the start of the year, everybody was good. And then the range that we allowed, and we had a good week here. Well, let's guess six, seven days of practice here now, plus those two exhibition games. You played Nate in uh, the face-off game, which returned last winter, played at Northlands Coliseum. Nate hosted it this year. You guys got a 3-2 overtime win. Tell us a little bit, Ian, about getting to be part of that face-off game uh, again. Obviously, you know, in the uh, 80s and early 90s, there were some uh, pretty interesting matchups between Nate and the U of A because they were uh, both such powerhouses in their uh, respected conferences and, and uh, you know, pretty good, obviously, both again. Tell me a little bit about the, the vibe and the intensity of that game. Well, not quite the same as it was when I played. Obviously, you had Perry Pern for Nate and Coach Drake and Coach Moore's for the U of A and there used to be a good crowd and there used to be quite a few guys that would transfer over uh, the Krantz, uh, Sid Krantz and guys like that with that played in eight and then came over as well. Uh, some very good players. Obviously there's some very good players playing for them right now as well. Uh, but they, they were always good games close to 10,000, 8,000 to 10,000 people. Uh, and so a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. So if we can eventually build it up to that kind of excitement again, would be good. Um, but it was good for both programs to be playing in this game and went into overtime, which is, uh, you know, giving both teams a, a chance to get ready for their upcoming second half. And you played Calgary the next day. Uh, that was an exhibition game, one nothing loss. Did you Do you approach these exhibition games... Any, any, like the mid-season exhibition games are, are interesting, Ian, and they're kind of u- unique generally to university sports. Do you try to work in different players? Do you try to try anything new system or strategy-wise? Is it, or is it just a matter of getting the players moving and competing again? How do you approach them as a coach? Uh, for the Christmas break, as you said, it is a little bit different. Uh, we try to get everybody for sure at least one game in. Uh, well, that's one of our strengths is our depth, and there's nothing like actually playing in a game. So we want to make sure everybody at least gets in, in one game. Now, obviously, it depends on injuries, uh, who might still be banged up or nicked up a little bit as well. Fortunately, there we're getting close to being healthy. We're just missing Miski now. Um, and, well, I guess and Brendan Burke as well, So, but he's close. He's day-to-day here, and uh, he could see action at any point. Uh, and then the key part is getting them back into that battle and compete mode. And I don't think we were quite at that level. I was pleased with our Calgary game as far as our skating uh, and a little bit more urgency to our game. We still weren't hard enough in the in the blue paint. 
Um, we didn't create enough second and third opportunities, but I thought we did a lot of really good things on our breakout, uh, close support, uh, and we were moving pucks a lot better than we did against Nate. So a good building block for us this week in practice. Ian Herbers, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, joining us on Inside Sports. They get back to Canada West, play uh, tomorrow night at Claire Drake Arena, 7 o'clock start against Manitoba, and then 7 o'clock Saturday they'll play the Bisons again. Ian, is this, I, I know injuries was a story the first half of the season. Do you go into the second half with sort of how you penciled up the, the lineup in August at September? Or are, are you healthy to that level now? Well, uh, yeah, we're close. Uh, Miski, I thought, had a very good first half, so it's uh, you know sad to see him out of the lineup right now, but that's part of the game. Uh, we weren't sure if Soy was coming back or not, and he's come back to the or come to the program, uh, which is a big addition and a big plus. So close, the lines have tweaked, I guess, a little bit than what I was seeing seeing at the beginning of the year, but still the same depth, and we got three power play units. Uh, three lines that are very offensive, fourth line, fifth line that can can play against anybody in the league. So it gives us that depth. The one thing I know I was looking for at the beginning of the year was create more ozone time um, for this team, and we've done that in the first half. And the other main thing I was looking at was being better on the rush against and holding the blue line better and having a better gap by our D and better back pressure by our forwards, and I think we've done that. Uh, so we've hit two of the main areas I wanted to make sure we were better at. Now it's just those blue paint battles and, and that consistency and that hardness uh, we need to carry into the second half. Tell me a little bit about Tyler Soy. I mean, I know he's 21. He was drafted in the seventh round by the Ducks in 2016. He had some uh, huge numbers in the WHL, and he's been playing uh, pro first half of the year, right? Yeah, he was uh, signed an American League deal with San Diego. Uh, and I think he was in Tulsa in the East Coast Hockey League. Um, he ended up getting a concussion early in camp in San Diego, uh, which hurt his chances of making the team and sticking in San Diego, uh, which was a good thing, I guess, for the Bears program here. Um, but very good player, 200-foot player, plays both ends, very skilled, very smart hockey player, compete, character, passion, uh, very good pickup by the Bears program fits right into to be a Bears player. All right, well, that's exciting for sure. Tell me a little bit about the uh, the Manitoba Bisons who you have the next two days. Well, they, they took a game from us uh, beginning of the year in Manitoba. Uh, they'll come out, play us very difficult. The, the power play was good against us last time. and We need to make sure, especially teams, we win that battle. We draw a lot of penalties, and then we capitalize on our opportunities. And we use our depth, and we skate, and we play a speed game, and we need to wear them out and be tenacious all night long, not ease into a, a game and wait to see what's going to happen. We need to go out and dictate the pace and dictate the weekend. All right. And uh, the, the the students aren't back yet, right? Um, Monday's the first official Monday's. day, but you're starting to see a lot more around the last day or two. Okay. I know a few of our guys are still finalizing classes here and on the waiting lists and everything else, but getting a little bit more active for a few days there. It was very quiet around campus. Right. Well, hopefully it's a big crowd at Claire Drake. Always a great place to watch a game. I'll be following it online while I'm hosting my show tomorrow. Ian, thanks for checking in. Uh, I know we'll do this again with you and uh, several of your players throughout the second half of the year. All the best. Thanks for checking in. Great, Reed. Thank you. That is Ian Herbers, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. And, uh, of course... 
as they usually do, having another pretty good season. They are second in Canada West, 12-3-1, three points back of the 14-2 and two Saskatchewan and Huskies. Uh, the Bears have already played their four regular season games against the Huskies for this year, but likely another playoff showdown for those two schools. Tyler Soy, I mean, this is the great thing about the Bears program. Uh, as, as Ian said, he's he was drafted by Anaheim, seventh round in 2016, playing in the uh, ECHL with the Tulsa Oilers this season, 14 points in 19 games. In the dub last year in Victoria, 92 points, 36 goals in 66 games. So he's going to be your newest Golden Bear rolling in to the post-Christmas schedule. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It is 717. Your feedback, of course. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Always welcome by texting 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. We're back after the break. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Great to have Ian Herbers on the show. All the best to the Golden Bears hockey team as they get back at it tomorrow against Manitoba. The Oilers will be back at it on Saturday against the Los Angeles Kings. 6.30 face-off show, 8 o'clock game start here on 6.30. Chet, uh, we'll see if Zach Cassian is on the top line. We'll see if Alex Chason is uh, activated and back into the lineup. It was interesting hearing uh, Coach Hitchcock talk earlier about Cassian being on the top line. He said, okay, it's it's one game. We'll see where we go with it. But he's used the word over and over again. You, you got to grind. You got to get on the grind. You got to lean on people. You got to create zone time and that's why I you know the, the the game is fast and the game keeps getting faster and faster all the time uh, I get it but you you cannot abandon size and aggression now you got to be able to move you got to I think you have to bring something to your game other than just size if you're just big and you're not mean and you're slow and you can't handle the puck okay well then the size doesn't mean much but you know I I the, the teams that win can still play that type of game. Why did the Capitals get it done last year? I think because they embraced a little bit more physicality and heaviness to their game. And they still had the skill guys. And Alexander Ovechkin could still fire the puck. And Braden Holtby could make a lot of key saves. But I, 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 don't, I don't think that the Oilers are, are you know, struggling because they've gone they've gone too big they just haven't been able to complement the lineup uh with enough guys who have some puck skills i don't think cassian's puck skills are great quite frankly if it was me i i would sooner see chase on on that line more often than not but if cassian embraces it short term uh that'll be great somebody else well will somebody else ever score that's that's the question we're asking. Will somebody not name Nugent Hopkins, Drysdale, or McDavid score for the Oilers this weekend? How are we doing first goal of the game contest we do on the face-off show, Kellen? We haven't had one since the December 6th. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, we've had five winners all year. That's so. it? 
that's it. Well, I guess we're usually around 8, 9, 10 for yeah, the year. Yeah, we were, we were above pace for a while after October, actually. We had, like, free winners at the end of October, and then that's it. Then it, it slowed down for people. All mm-hmm. right. Well, that's always a fun little contest. Obviously, three picks, very, very popular. All right. Uh, the Eskimos coaching staff for 2019 unveiled today. And between 7.30 and 8, you will hear from Philip Lawley, who returns to the Eskimos, former linebackers coach under Chris Jones, now back as the defensive coordinator. Here's what GM Brock Sunderland had to say about Lolly. He's going to have his own twist on things. Um, and again, I'll let him speak to that, the schematics of it. But we hired him because he's highly respected. He's done a great job. He was, I believe, the assistant head coach at Auburn when they had a really good run. And then he was here as a linebacker coach in 2015. So he's familiar with the people in this building, some of the players. Um, whenever I spoke to anybody about him, it was just glowing reviews. I know he and Jason had a great discussion during the interview process. He did a very good job when he took over as a defense coordinator in Hamilton at the end of 2017. And when they wanted their run towards the end of the year, I feel he was a real prominent part of that process. So, you know, everything about the man from what he's done, where he's been, and the success he's had was part of it. Scheme-wise, it'll be different. And that's not just because it's him, but anytime you have a new coordinator, it's going to be different, no matter who it is or where they're at. We went with someone who we felt could do the job the best, no matter what the, the scheme was, but I do believe that Phillip's going to be a lot more aggressive and, and do things a little bit differently. All right, sure. well, I'll ask Lolly about his defensive philosophy when I get him on the show in the next half hour. Also, Brock Sunderland speaking today. Had to ask about it, didn't we? What's going on with Mike Riley? Any negotiations? Good good discussions, um, but no, nothing. If, if there was something concrete, we'd certainly be having a, a different press conference today. I'm not going to try to speak for Mike. You know, I, we've had good conversations. I think he's certainly enjoys it here, but, um, you know, what, what another person is going to do. I know this is uh, we've made strong offers, and he knows 100% how we feel about him and how badly we'd like him here, and that's what we can control and what we can do. But um, I don't think it'd be right for me to try to speak for him and what his thoughts are. All right, that'll obviously be a big story for the Eskimos as we continue to move through the offseason. I still think it's probable that Mike Riley is back with the green and gold, but uh, I wouldn't say it for sure. I think there are obviously other opportunities he's going to look into, and I suppose why wouldn't he? It's his career, his pocketbook, and uh, he wants to do the best for him and his family. A.J. Gass back with the Edmonton Eskimos as special teams coordinator. We had him on the show between 6 and 6.30 tonight. Here's what Sunderland had to say about Gass. Tough as nails. I remember him when I was with Montreal uh, on that side of it, and I remember playing against him. He's somebody that jumped off film, so uh, extremely tough, but organized, commands a lot of respect from everybody who's around him. He's he's done a good job at his high schools down there. He's an extremely loyal person. You know, we've been in talks with him for a while, and I, I, I don't want to speak for him. I think you guys will, but I know for him it was a difficult decision because he's so loyal to the the players he was coaching in high school in California, and that spoke a lot to me. I respect that, and I think that speaks to who he is. All right, and Philip Wally coming up after the 7.30 News. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home Southern comfort food to Edmonton, along with other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at NorthChickenYEG.com. Get them in person, 124th Street, 107th Ave. I believe they had a special $1 chicken. New Year's Day? New Year's Day. Maximum three pieces per person. That makes me hungry. Calgary is trailing Boston 5-4 with three minutes left in the third. We'll let you know the outcome of that one. Philip Lawley is straight ahead. You can text 630-630, phone number 780-496-0063. We are back after the break on Inside Sports. Thanks for tuning in.
is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. The Boston Bruins have defeated the Calgary Flames 6-4. Jake DeBrusque, Edmonton kid, couple of goals in that one. He's up to 13 on the season. Four minutes left, Sabres up 3-2 on the Panthers. Eight minutes left, Carolina with a 4-3 lead in Philadelphia. Start of the third period, Islanders with a 2-1 edge on the Blackhawks. After two, Montreal leading Vancouver 2-0. I mentioned Elias Peterson, Pedersen. Uh, hurt in that game. Canucks say he will not return. Blues and Capitals in a 2-2 tie. Late second period. Earlier, the Wild over the Maple Leafs 4-3. Lightning and the Kings will start in about an hour. In San Antonio, the Spurs lead the Raptors 73-51, two and a half minutes into the third quarter. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, later this half hour, we'll catch up with Philip Lawley, who returns to the Eskimos coaching staff, former linebackers coach is uh, now going to be the defensive coordinator for the team. I was just reading about this, Kellen. Do you know about this bird box challenge? Have you heard about this? Very briefly. uh, Do elaborate for sure. All right. So Bird Box is a movie on Netflix starring Sandra Bullock. I have not seen it, but I've seen the trailers and read a little bit about it. One of my buddies watched it. So I guess that there are some sort of creatures that if you, you see them, there's bad things happen. I'm not sure exactly what. Okay. But you, you, so people in the movie uh, blindfold themselves so they can't see these. Cre- I guess you can exist with the creatures. They can move around you, but if you see them, you're somehow doomed. So apparently, and this is funny because we were talking earlier in the show with Joe Whitbread from Joe Social Media about online uh, abuse and some of the uh, the hatred directed at the Canadian junior team and Captain Max Comtois for missing the penalty shot and, and what a weird world the whole online community can be or sometimes a, a very hate-filled world. Well, this, this isn't hate-filled necessarily, but it's one of these things that starts online and then takes off and you wonder why people would do it. So I guess the bird box challenge is people blindfold themselves and then try to live their daily lives. Because of the movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny for all the wrong. Like you're laughing, but I know you don't actually think it's like funny. Funny. It's just it can be quite dangerous depending on what I, you. That strikes do. me as incredible. I mean, I don't. Hopefully, they're not driving around. Maybe they're just walking. I guess if you want to blindfold yourself and walk around your house, maybe that's maybe that's okay. I still wouldn't wouldn't recommend it. But so because of the movie, people are blindfolding themselves and they're calling it the bird box challenge. And Netflix has had to put out announcements on Twitter saying, we we don't want you to do this. We don't recommend this for your everyday life. That's amazing. I, I don't know where we're headed as a as a as humanity with all this online stuff. It's scary. Isn't I mean it, it used to be it used to be you'd maybe watch a movie like Bird Box and you'd say to your buddy, like, hey maybe we should blindfold ourselves and, and live our everyday lives, like in the movie. And your buddy would be like, No, that sounds dumb. And then you'd be like, Yeah, that's dumb. And, but now it's like somebody posts it online and it gets a, a retweet and a bunch of people think, Yeah, we're all gonna do this. This is great. You need, you need it, and and I and I do believe that too. Tying it into what we talked about that earlier, with some of the comments directed at Comtois, and, and as we've seen directed at athletes over the years, 
when they you know they they fail in a game it becomes very hate-filled it becomes very personal towards the athlete and, and I do believe in a lot of cases the, the people saying that if, if you if you met them they would not come across as mean people and they they'd probably no. even be embarrassed if they realized people found out about what they had they had written or maybe it's hurtful or just right. I mean it doesn't it, it looks bad on the person writing it it doesn't look bad on the person on the receiving end of it right and as you had mentioned earlier with the uh, bc lions story and that stuff that emerged today as well a, a lot of hate-filled comments and that stuff that you see on twitter and on social media come from what are called burner accounts these are just people who have taken a second account and used that account for you know nefarious purposes right which i find very strange one twitter account is enough for me absolutely mm. oh you can follow me at reed wilkins if you like finding out what's going on with the Oilers and Eskimos and what's on this show, that's pretty much all I tweet about. Uh, you can text me at 6.30, Dennis says, hey, Reed, don't mind Alex Petrovich so far with the Oilers. Looks like he's a good passer and has good size. Maybe isn't quick enough, but don't mind him on the bottom pair. Well, fair enough. Uh, I mean, Shirelli went out and got two depth defensemen. They're they're not top four guys. It's, uh, it's allowed uh, the minutes to be redistributed. Uh, Matt Benning's usage has dropped down the last couple of games when Chris Russell is healthy which hopefully is pretty soon we keep kind of hearing next two games one of the next two games uh does Benning come out does Brandon Manning come out he he and Benning played the least last night on the Oilers decor so and then for for the Oilers for me it's all about surviving January I, I think if they're within four points of a playoff spot at the end of the month, that they'll have a pretty good shot at the playoffs. If they're five or six out, I'll be kind of like, I don't know. If it's seven or more, then I really think it's done. I mean, you never, you never write totally anybody off, but I think if there's seven points or more out of the playoffs at the end of the month, that uh, that that's pretty much lights out on the season. We'll see. I, I mean, at some point, somebody else is going to have to score. They'll need their special teams to do well, and they'll they'll need the goaltending. I mean, Koskinen wasn't overly taxed last night. He made the saves, but they're going to need solid goaltending from both guys as we continue moving throughout the season. All right, you can text 63630, phone number 780-496-0063. This texter says, sad thing about the Oilers, if they just had average support scoring, they would probably be 8 to 10 points higher in the standings. Instead, they have below average scoring, and even with that, the three guys have them at least sniffing around a playoff spot. Well, that's a fair comment. Um, you'll wonder if they just had, you know, another, even even one other guy around Chaston's level. I mean, he's up, what if they had a guy at, at 12 instead of so many players at basically two and three goals or zero, if you, if you look in Reader's case, one for Lucic. What, what if the Oilers just had a, what if one of the guys who had three goals instead had, you know, maybe had 11 or 12 and was on pace for just a tidy 20-goal season like Chaston is? Do they have eight or ten more points? Uh, I don't know. They might have six more, and then they're in a playoff spot instead of being out. It is 7.40. We'll talk about preventing points with new Eskimos defensive coordinator Philip Lawley when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Trent texting in. He says, I think the Oilers probably only needed to get Petrovich, so that means there's going to be a defenseman going out right away. 
Yeah, fair comment, Trent. I know Rob and I talked about that a little bit on overtime open line last night. Once uh, Russell and then ultimately Clefbaum are, are activated, what happens with the D? And that's assuming no more injuries along the way. Uh, a simple solution is you can send Caleb Jones to the minors. He doesn't have to clear waivers or anything like that. Having said that, he's actually played pretty well, and I think Ken Hitchcock likes him. Could they waive Manning? Could you could you put Manning on waivers? And if unclaimed, he goes to Bakersfield. I suppose that would be another option as well. You can text 630-630. All right, new coaching staff for the Edmonton Eskimos. Welcome aboard the defensive coordinator, Philip Lawley. Philip, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Ray. Thank you. And welcome back to the Edmonton Eskimos. You're coming back to town for your second term on the uh, on the team's coaching staff. Just I'll start generally here. Maybe just give me some thoughts on uh, on, on why coming back to Edmonton and, and being an Eskimo again appealed to you, Philip. Well, of course, we won a championship there, and I had a great two years in Edmonton. And, you know, met a lovely lady while I'm there, and we've been dating ever since. And so... You know, that, that sure helped weigh into it somewhat. And, uh, you know, so I'm just excited. I mean, I loved the Edmonton area when I was there. And, and uh, you know, the Eskimos, it kind of was my first job in the CFL. So, you know, you kind of fall in love with that, you know. And the atmosphere around there was wonderful at Commonwealth. And the people treated me great. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. Well, that's awesome you're coming back and yeah, definitely being part of that 2015 season particularly was was pretty special. I, I should go down that road here quickly before we look ahead a little bit because that was the Eskimos last great cup and it was an incredible run as well to uh, to win your last eight regular season games and two playoff games, a 10-game winning streak overall. And, and you were the linebackers coach with an excellent defense that year. But just what do you remember about that second half of that season, getting on that roll, winning a lot of close games, what uh, what stands out for you as some of the, the top memories or, or why it uh, why it became such a huge role for you guys? Well, you know, that very first year we went in there, uh, we started clicking and we started seeing some really good things, you know. And then if you remember at the end of that year, Mike Riley gets hurt, you know, right at the end and uh, had the bad ankle injury, as you remember. And uh, and we felt that we had a shot at that time to hopefully win it once we got in. And then you're, you know, the quarterback, the guy that we really depended on offensively, got hurt. And we were not a good enough team that year to overcome that type of injury in beat Calgary, you know. And uh, so that second year, like I said, we didn't start quite as good as we did the year before, but all of a sudden things just started happening well. And, uh, and it's something we talked about in the defensive room and, and uh, about beating Calgary. Calgary and they had done beating Edmonton even before we got there several years in a row. And uh, when we played them that first year, it was like, okay, we got to get by these guys right here because they kind of set the standard, you know, last year too. And, uh, we just felt that them running the football was the difference. They were very aggressive up front, very, uh, very run sound. And uh, we looked at our defense and as a staff, we said, "Hey, look, if we don't stop them physically, you know, they can talk about the pass all they want, but if we don't stop these guys physically and take over the trenches, then it's going to be the same old, same old." And uh, and I just remember that down the stretch, uh, I, I want to say we beat them three straight times that year. 
and we started winning the physical battles inside, and we became a very exciting uh, bunch to watch, you know. And uh, so it was all very memorable just to get the Great Cup back to the city of champions, you know, and uh, and get it back to the Eskimo Nation. It was it was big, and and uh, we did it in a physical way, which. Uh, you know, from everything that I'd always heard from the history of the Eskimos, was that that's what they were all about. You know, to win the physical part of the of the game. So, well said. That was the exciting part. Right on. Philip Lawley joining us on Inside Sports takes over as defensive coordinator for the Edmonton Eskimos. You know, you mentioned your, your first job in Canada was with the Eskimos in 2014. Long history with, with Auburn University and, you know, coaching in the United States before you came to Canada. From a defensive standpoint as a coach, were there a lot of changes you, you had to make going from four-down football, narrower field to, to Canada with three-down football and obviously the extra player. Uh, I mean, was it a, a massive change in your mindset, or did you find once you got into it, you, you're just kind of coaching football like you would anywhere? You know, kind of a little of both. When, it, when you first come there, everybody that thinks if you come from the States and you win as much as some of the programs that I had been associated with, that you know, everything just is, is easy, right? But they're wrong. Um, it's totally different. It really is. Uh, I had coached the secondary on some great football teams, you know, uh, down south in the SEC, and uh, we'd won some championships, and I had a bunch of guys on those teams, you know, went on to the NFL and was very successful. I want to say I had like 12 or 13 defensive backs at one time, you know, in a four- or five-year period there that was in the NFL. And I talk to all these guys, and we talk all the time when they come back, and they ask me the difference. And, and I told them, I said, oh, man, you guys would have get eaten alive up there just, you know, messing with them. <laughs> they were, coach, what's the big difference? Well, first of all, in the States, you start off with basically too deep, right? And you make everything look the same, and then you rotate down a safety or two and put it into a, a three deep, this, that, another. But in Canada on the field, it's 65 yards wide. We're in the States, it's 53 and a third, right? So there's a heck of a difference. If you want to look at it, if you line straight up from the goalpost, you've got an extra six yards to your left and an extra six yards to your right that you got to cover, right? So immediately, that game overstretches those two safeties. You cannot cover in a cover two too deep like you can the States and the CFL. You can't do it, you know, and there's too much too much speed there to get all that area covered. So immediately you got to go into a 3D, right? That is the common thing is you got a free safety in either two halfbacks or two corners deep. So, again, yes, I mean, it was a lot of changes had to be made mentally, but once you understand the, the patterns in your head and you start putting things in lockers in your head, then then the game is, is football, you know. Um the inside game for the linebackers in the front is no different. Uh, in the box, it's no different. Where you get in trouble with your mental part of it is you got that extra skill guy in, in the CFL. You know, you got six of those guys where in the States you only got five. So, you know, just getting that extra DB situated and getting that field covered, that's it, it's different. <laughs> Well that's, well, that's a great explanation. I appreciate that. Philip Lawley joining us on Inside Sports takes over as defensive coordinator for the Edmonton Eskimos. You, look, uh, I, I know you don't necessarily know the, the personnel you're going to have on the defense for sure yet, a lot between now and, and the first game of the season, but 
are we going to see you know an aggressive defense? Do you want do you want to blitz? Do you want to force the issue? Uh, what what's your basic defensive philosophy that you think you want to bring to Edmonton? Well, common nature with me is a pack. That's just who I am. Right? I, I I don't believe in sitting and waiting on the enemy to come to you. I, you know, I believe in getting to the enemy, and uh, that's the way I play the game. Now, that being said, I mean you've got to you've got to also play what your talent is best, right? So that's the evaluations that I'm going to be doing for the next two to three months. I'll be working, you know, with Coach Moss and. Uh, Mr. Sutherland and, and, and all the Eskimo people about, you know, our personnel and, you know, what were these free agents, where are they coming in, who are we going to draft, that type thing. Because to run pressure, of course, you got to defend, right? I mean, you've you got to be able to defend. And we, we, will have, we will have the schemes. We will have the schemes to, to do it all, but by nature – by nature, I hate to see the quarterback pass the ball. <laughs> I, I, I'm just one of those guys I want to, you know, uh, usually when he sits back there and his uniform's not dirty and he's got a chance to pass the football, you're in trouble, you know. And uh, so uh, I'm kind of on the theory, if I'm going to die, kill me quick, right? <laughs> you know, I, I don't like to borrow a whole lot of time, uh, you know. And, and, and so anyway, but we will do it all. I mean, I'm going to have a package that will be able to, you know, we'll be able to draw from that locker when we need it. There will always be some pressure packages. And uh, more times than not, you'll, you'll see that I'll be aggressive by nature. And, Philip, one more for you. Obviously, you're going to be working closely with head coach Jason Moss. Uh, I imagine you had a chance to, to get to know him here through the uh, through the interview process and, and getting the job. Uh, just tell me what, what strikes you about Jason Jason and uh, and uh, why you think it's uh, going to be a good relationship. Well, he's very competitive, very competitive. He played there, so the Eskimos mean a lot to him, you know, and he wants to get the job done. He, he's just, he's like I said, very competitive by nature. I, that's the reason we hit it off, I think. You know, uh, I'm the same way. Uh, that's just my personality. Um, you know, and, and I can see all of that in him and him being, you know, with Eskimos before. And, and there's just a, a certain passion about him for the Eskimos. So I look very forward to working with this group. Well, Philip, we look forward to getting you back into town here. Congratulations on the new job and all the best. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. That is Philip Lawley checking in, new defensive coordinator for the Edmonton Eskimos. He mentioned at the beginning of that interview, has uh, the love of his life in the Edmonton area, so that brings him back to town. And I think a lot of you are going to like what he said near the end of the interview about his philosophy. He uh, he wants to play aggressive. Now, he said he's going to have schemes for everything, but that's how he prefers to play. Hopefully, the Eskimos have the personnel that allow him to do that. And uh, I know from hosting this show for the last three years, Mike Benavides, as defensive coordinator, often drew criticism for playing too passive a defense. Now, I don't think he always had the horses to get after it the way he he liked, but I think Lawley is is really going to try to take it down that path as much as possible. We shall see. Get more on the Eskimos coaching staff on 630 
chet.com. Final look at the scoreboard tonight. Boston knocks off Calgary 6-4. The Sabres edge the Panthers 4-3. Two more for Skinner. Now has 28 on the season. Hurricanes win 5-3 in Philadelphia. Seven minutes left. Islanders in Chicago tie 2-2. Ten minutes left. Montreal up 2-0 on Vancouver. Pedersen left the game with an injury. Blues beat. Uh, Blues are beating the Capitals 3-2 after two. Ovechkin with his 30th of the season, 14 straight 30-goal seasons to start his career. Wild over the Maple Leafs 4-3. Lightning and Kings coming up later tonight. And late in the third quarter, the Spurs lead the Raptors 93-71. Besides Philip Lawley, you heard from Ian Herbers, A.J. Gass, Joe Whitbread, the producer of the show, is Dave Campbell and the studio producer Kellen Kennedy. Tomorrow, Kelly Rudy and Ron McLean on Inside Sports. That'll be fun. Next Oilers broadcast is Saturday night. My name is Reed Wilkins. Hope your 2019 is off to a great start. Thank you so much for listening tonight. See ya. Six thirty Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on six thirty Chad.